Hello and welcome to another episode of the EMG Health podcast. Sam Boyassi here, Head of Publishing at EMG Health. And I'm joined today by James Sayward anderson who is the co-founder at Social Tree Global. Hi, James. Hello, Sin. How are you doing? Uh, amazing. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. So, James, you reached out to me a few months ago to basically join as one of the panelists on an event that you were putting on, Social Media in yes. Pharma. And uh, that's how we kind of got talking. And the event actually took place not that long ago. When, when exactly was it again? Uh, it it in... took place on the 14th of November. Perfect. So very recent, actually. And well, I thought, why not get you in here? Let's talk about the event, yep. summarize what was kind of discussed and also find mm -hmm. out a bit more about anyone who is interested in the event of Worlds and how they're put on mm -hmm. as to how you guys basically go about that. Yep. But before we go into that, can you give us a bit of background about yourself, where you started, how yep. you came to be where you are now? Okay, so uh, I graduated actually a long time ago now. Like you said, it was a few years ago. It was actually like seven years ago. Okay. And um, I joined as a fresh-faced graduate into an events company. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing the traditional organizing conferences in Canada, in, in Africa, across the world. And to cut a long story short, I... I just use LinkedIn like natively. I was just drawn towards LinkedIn, um, having been a user of social media. But the company I was in, it wasn't at all part of the processes. It, it didn't exist at the time. Mm. You just had a CRM with Salesforce, and you just called the data, and you just sent out sort of you know just traditional banner ads. It was very very traditional. Mm. And um, I operated in a in a field which had very um, similar to GDPR. Now in Canada, they had they're about ten, 10 years ahead. The privacy mm. laws and i operated in a very very uh constricted um data privacy environment and as a result of that i had to use linkedin mm. <clears throat> and i used it um to to great effect in my conferences uh, so i alongside my business partner max who worked in enterprise sales um decided that there was such an opportunity here to actually become um channel expert experts on social media particularly linkedin and i uh, quit my job and um the rest was history and now you are where you are now at the Social Tree yes. Global. And how did you guys meet you and Max? Uh, we met in school. So he was the only person who wanted to go traveling with me. Okay. And I was like, I want to go around the world. And he was like, yeah, I'll go around the world. So he was the only guy committed. Yeah. So we're, we're very good friends. Um, and that does help in the business as well because times, things get tough. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know obviously you operate within the pharma field, but are there yeah. any other industries that you guys cover too? Yeah, we so we like to view ourselves as platform specialists. So you know, our, our expertise is in LinkedIn, is in Facebook, is on the platforms themselves, and we specialize in the corporates, broadly speaking. So mm -hmm. uh, financial services, pharmaceuticals, oil and energy, and w mm. they are very different, but they have lots of unifying themes, um, which we've noticed. Yeah, definitely. So. And the pharma industry in particular is so interesting because often traditionally there's been this view that they are you know they, they're just so scared to go on there because of the various uh, regulatory issues mm -hmm. etc and privacy and, and something that you just touched on there and i know although you're not working within the pharmaceutical industry in particular you, you work alongside them and social yeah. media and pharma was a great event i guess to to highlight that but why do you think and, and perhaps i guess do you think they're taking it more seriously than they were back in the day when you guys first started out social mm -hmm. tree global um and if not why do you think they should 
they should take it more seriously, I guess. Well, I mean, we do, we do. So we do have clients. Um, we 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 help in terms of like training. We're just taking on a client for like a personal branding. Um, but but um, to answer your question directly, the, the big thing is there's a fear, and the same fear exists in financial services. There's this overriding fear of being fined or, or mm. taken to, to rights because of something wrong you've said. And that is a very legitimate fear. Mm. I'm not discrediting that, but uh, that fear can, and now particularly as we go into a new decade, is, is just going to increasingly uh, be an impediment on any kind of marketing you do. So, so it's not really a case of um, the pharmaceutical sector in particular wanting to do social media is more of a case of they have to do social media because of the way patients are engaging with with content, healthcare professionals mm. are engaging in content. The whole world is changing. Um, so th this conversation is we've been having it for two years, and you know the the, the big sticking point is compliance and yeah. and also uh, kind of a lack of a, a lack of um, pride. In, mm. in, 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 in brands, in financial services and, and pharmaceutical sector as well. Mm, interesting. And I'm, I'm really curious to know this. Is there kind of, uh, we know that there are some similarities in the way that the financial sector and the mm -hmm. pharmaceutical sector operate when it comes to social media. But do you think that someone, one of them is doing it better than the other? Well, I don't know. <laughs> are you allowed uh, to say? I'm going to risk alienating <laughs> our people. Uh, I, I'd say that both their strengths and weaknesses in both of them. So mm. I think that... Um, I think the pharmaceutical sector gives itself a, a massive, um, it's quite harsh on itself, particularly on social media. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn, I've seen some amazing content from, from some pharmaceutical leaders. So, for example, from Novartis CEO, really, really brilliant um, corporate communications pieces. Um, I think the pharmaceutical sector uh, industry does better in that, but whereas mm. financial services sector, and I think largely because of fintechs, Mm. I think what's happened with fintechs has completely disrupted how financial services operate. And there's this whole thing of trust. You know, people trust fintech apps with mm -hmm. all their money. You know, you put savings in this app and you trust it. You don't trust the bank. You trust the fintech app. Mm. Um, so financial services have had more experience in, in, in really kind of harnessing this technological change, whereas in the, the pharmaceutical sector, it hasn't really happened yet. So, and it is going to happen mm. um, based on some of the speakers that spoke at the conference. So. And on that topic, actually, what, what would you say were some of the highs and maybe some of the lows of the process of putting it on itself and getting to that day? Uh, so, you know, events are, I think there's a report saying that outside of like being in the army or the police, it's one of the most stressful jobs out there. <laughs> really? Yeah, if you look it up, it's like number six. Oh, wow. In terms of like work-related um, uh, illnesses, um, people being off. So it's very stressful. And I think that's because there's so many things that can go wrong in the event. Mm. Um, but as marketeers, if you're, if you're involved in publishing, you know, less so, but it's still important to have that skill to put an event on as a mm. marketeer because it's, it's you know people who are outside of marketing will always go what do you guys do you know, what do marketeers do you know, <laughs> an event is a way where you can go this is what we do mm. you know you're, you've come to this and here are 100 people and here's 30 prospects or here's 30 of these clients who wanted to meet for ages and the process of events I, I've been to lots of events and some are, are, are ran brilliantly and some are ran terribly um, mm. and the biggest thing about that is pipeline and I, f I, f I feel like people massively underestimate just how unreliable most people are absolutely uh, and if you have an event on I went to an event last week I was speaking at an event and uh, <clears throat> no one showed up so I was speaking to an empty audience wow. because the conference organizer failed to grasp that 
if you say, if you want to fill a room of 30 people, you need to have 90 people, I'd say, sign up. Mm. Then that's my conversions. And if more turn up, then you can make it happen. Um, there, there, there's, there's, there's several kind of check boxes where I always go to. Uh, and that goes back to fundamentals, you know. Running a good event, you have your research phase, which is really important. You have to research. You have to really understand and put an event on. It's like creating a piece of music. Mm. Um, the second phase is the marketing element. You have to really market your event well mm. and you have to give it time you have to hit multiple channels social media is just one of them you have to email you have to engage your speakers you have to get them excited about the event because if mm. they're not excited about the event the delegates aren't going to be excited about the event and then there's delivering the event logistics element as well which has its own yeah. own challenges uh, in itself so it's, it's a complicated thing but i mean i love events and i think that any anyone who's involved in business or sales or marketing um, should get a few events under their belts and really yeah. understand how it works. Yeah, it doesn't get any harder than that by the sounds yeah. of it. But how how easy or hard, I guess, was it to ensure that you had a broad range of speakers from various different backgrounds? And, and why is that important? Uh, so yeah, there's, there's two elements to that. So firstly, with an event, um, if you try to appeal to everyone, you end up selling to no one. Mm. So there's always gonna be some knowledge that you're going to alienate some market areas so for this event we were focusing mainly on marketing communications professionals so you know that's already alienated um, research scientists so it's already alienated uh, anyone who's involved um, in clinical research so yeah. so we understand that but once you understand that you can create a, a topic which is going to really um, cater to 80% of these people's problems and it goes back to understanding your 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 people um, uh, and with with our event, I, I had to try and listen to speakers and also delegates and really understand you know what they're looking to get. Um, I had a, a chair a chairman who's really useful who could set, kind of sense check the, the agenda mm -hmm. to make sure that I was going in the right direction. And uh, I think that I have a have to always um, uh, check myself in saying that I should not make any assumptions about the agenda at all. Mm -hmm. um, I have to listen. To the, to the people in terms of like the speakers we had we had obviously some healthcare professionals mm. so we had doctors um talking around compliance we had compliance experts we also had um uh someone who ran a charity mm. who's actually involved in you know we, we kind of have this idea that you know what a lot of what we do in marketing is kind of behind a screen but it affects real people's lives mm -hmm. um and then there's also the element of the on the ground um marketeers communication professionals who are actually doing this day in day out mm -hmm. so i had to kind of balance the agenda between those three uh uh key p uh key key um stakeholders stakeholders yeah. yeah and then also make sure that the event flowed in a way which was um cohesive and made sense yeah and I definitely think you did a really good job in that Thank in you. terms of the variety yeah. of people that were there not just the speakers but also the people yeah. that were actually attending yeah uh, for the sake of learning etc and networking I guess there's no pitchforks after me which is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good sign and I know that again you, you kind of work with pharmaceuticals outside of just putting on mm -hmm. events you work directly with clients as well right to yeah. help them with their strategy etc yeah, yeah. maybe consult them as well are there any common mistakes that you notice people making a lot? I think the big thing, with the, so there's different mistakes for different kind of companies, brands. So the big, the big like pharmaceutical giants, I think, the, the team, the, 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 there's a skills gap. 
I think there's a massive social skills gap. Mm. I think there's a content skills gap as well. I think like, you know, we struggle in terms of agency work to find good writers. Um, so there's a massive skills gap. Um, and that comes from a lack of understanding of what your strategy is. Mm. If you don't have a strategy, you can't hire correctly. Um, we've gone into companies where they have really no expertise in social media. They have someone who does a few LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads. It's, it's very, very high level. And they wonder why social isn't a channel which is working. I, I, I would stress that to, to make social work at the corporate level, you need to have experts in, in-house who are experts on every channel. You know, a LinkedIn expert, a Facebook expert, a content expert, and that's what makes a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the SME level, it's more of a case of um, not actually getting your leaders to do stuff on social media. Mm. Um, the, the idea that if you're a leader of a company, my opinion is you have to be on social media. And if you don't like being in front of a camera or talking, then you shouldn't be a leader. I mean, leadership is about being seen. Um, mm. You don't have to be seen in video. You can be seen through other forms. Some people hate videos, through podcasts, through articles. But not having your leaders on social media, particularly LinkedIn, is is such a, it baffles me. It really does baffle me. And you guys did share some really interesting insights, didn't you, Mm -hmm. on on the presence that CEOs have in the pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. on social media. Um, Can you elaborate on those findings and and how would you sell to a CEO that being on social media is worth their time? Because I'm assuming a lot of the time they're like, I don't have time for that. That's really not that important. I've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say simply just go on Glassdoor and see that, you know, there's a rating for the company and then there's a rating of the CEO. Mm. So, you know, people, the Glassdoor is, a, is one of the, well, it is the most widely used website for employees or potential employees to find out about your company's culture. Mm. Um, a CEO as a leader of the company is the uh, captain of the ship. And, um, we are living in a world now where there are certain skills which are becoming increasingly hard for companies to acquire. You have tech giants, you have these, this monopoly basically on, on some of the best people, the best, best minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so not being on social media is, is going to affect your hiring process. Um, the second thing is in terms of corporate communications. Um, your competitors, if you're a CEO, I can guarantee if you're not on social media, one of the competitors is, mm. they're having a conversation and you're not in the room. Uh, and the third thing is in terms of the time element, uh, I, I think that's true, but if you have a team behind you, you can actually really manage your time and manage your content, yeah. then it shouldn't be an issue. So yeah. if you have a process in place, your CEO can just sit down and do a video. The rest of the work, the team will do. Very good. And it's that trust as well. If you trust your team and if you've got the right team in place, they will be yeah. able to carry your voice yeah. throughout the various platforms. It's a good point because people forget that you can hire people to do that. You don't yeah, have yeah. to do that yourself. You can hire us. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, what are some of your favorite examples of a pharma company having a really solid social media strategy? Uh, well, there, you know, there's different kinds of um, uh, examples. So, you know, w- when we talk about... A lot of the agenda we were um, focusing on was corporate communications. Mm-hmm. So there are some great examples, as I said earlier on, about Novartis, for example. If you go on their LinkedIn page, their CEO, Vass, um, is doing some just a really amazing um, kind of uh, yeah. a, a, a co- content um, from the corporate branding side. But there's also lots of case studies from the agencies who are producing 
particularly around the creative agencies, who are producing some really um, amazing content. And there was just one piece. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think the agency revealed who the client was, but they showed us the content, and it was basically a campaign into a skin condition called um, uh, Rosakia. Rosacea, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I completely ruined that. <laughs> so it was, it, it was just a brilliant campaign because it it was. Um, it was user empowered or the patients themselves mm. were actively posting about a body body positivity campaign around the whole um, condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it created this really positive community around it. And as a result of that, um, you know, the, the client had this amazing access to all these um, um, uh uh, patients or, or insights into these patients and what their needs and their concerns were, mm-hmm. um, which was really interesting. So, you know, th- there's lots of different. That's the thing with social media; it's so complicated. It's not there's not one goal. Yeah, there's so many different goals, and there's there's not uh, defining success is it's really hard. There's not one single barometer of what success mm. is on social media. So definitely. So back to the event itself then, what, 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 what are the key takeaways for people that have attended that event or maybe people who are unable to attend? What would you say are the key things that you took from there that were regular themes that you think people got most value from? Uh, well, I say that, I mean, I can whistle stop two of the agenda. So I think there was the um, the social transformation piece mm-hmm. from, from Tara Stewart from Bristol Myers Squibb. And she was went through how organizations transform. And the process of that is essentially involving uh, four key aims. So, you know, participating and adding value to conversation, that should be the first primary goal of any kind of social campaign. Um, enabling and encourage uh, people or senior leaders in your company to, to share. Um, uh, getting two-way engagement mm-hmm. data and understanding through two-way conversations what is going on, uh, very important for data insight. And then aligning that um, is insights for your broader strategy. So, I mean, f- for me, the first takeaway is the, the social transformation piece is quite vast and there are many different elements to that, but you have to orient, to, orient yourself to four key goals when you're rolling it out. Um, the second one was, um, in terms of the compliance piece, was yeah. whilst there is a big issue of compliance uh the the main uh um, the the main way in which people can navigate that is to find the space you can talk and then add depth to that topic rather than moving on to something else so if you go and talk about corporate comms you can only have you know the, the 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 most reductionist social media policy only talk about your quarterly share earnings mm. that's it you can there's so much you can do with that you could have round tables with your senior leadership team. You could have um, insights podcast series with your leaders. You could um, talk about why your quarterly earnings increased, talk mm. about certain innovations which are leading that. So it's finding that space and adding depth to that topic rather than trying to move on to something else saying, okay, we've only got two topics, but we can, add, we can, we can work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the compliance shouldn't be an excuse because we had two speakers stand up and say, I'm an ABPI code expert, I'm a, 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 a doctor and a, actually an ethics and compliance expert, and you can and should be doing social media. Mm. Um, and then the third was obviously community building as well. Yeah, uh, I think with the change of data privacy, um, particularly around GDPR, but I mean, that's just a start. 
there's a California privacy law which has been passed in California, which Manu Field was speaking about, and it's incredibly, um, uh, incredibly, uh, it's like GDPR on steroids, basically. <laughs> so any, um, you know, cookies, you have to consent to have cookies. You know, you have to say explicitly, I want my data to be, to be sold. Mm. So this isn't like, the, 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 regulation, the regulatory environment is moving towards a period where we'll look back on this in 10 years time and go, wow, it was so easy to get data. Yeah. In 10 years time, data will be so hard to acquire. People's data will be so hard to acquire. And the only way you're gonna sustain and keep data is by having communities mm. and good content and actually really um, nurturing your community. So social media is a great way to do that. Mm. Uh, and that comes from good content. That comes from actually delivering value to 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 your, to your buyers and to, to patients. So it's not really, you know, anyone who isn't doing social media now has a strategy is foolish, basically. And mm. if, you're, if you're ignoring it now, then in five years time, you could be out of a job or you'd be out of business. Wow. Yeah. Very good summary there. Is there going to be another event next year? Yeah, there will be. 2020, we're yeah. back again. Yeah. Um, Anything and- you can tell us yet or is it just in a planning phase? So actually, yeah, I can tell you, we, we, we're in talks of actually trying to get more of the platforms down. Mm-hmm. So um, Facebook are speaking at our finance event. Nice. Uh, LinkedIn, and then hopefully, but with, with the pharmaceutical sector, there's some really amazing sort of micro social media sites, which yeah. have like 10,000 patients. Um, and I want to get one of um, th- those, you know, one of, one of those um, uh, teams down to talk about you know, how the pharmaceutical industry can leverage these micro social media sites mm-hmm. um, and really understand the data behind what's going on day to day with these people's conditions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots uh, lots in the pipeline. That's fantastic. And I know you've obviously got your annual finance event as well. Yeah. Are you hoping to do more for different industries too? Or? Yeah, we've got an oil and energy event in March. Oh, is that yeah. your first one? The first one, yeah. So we're doing nice. lots of, you know, some some will make it like a few years, some will probably not yeah. make it. So it's just we're experimenting with small business and you know, we're just trying to see what see what events bring the most value, basically. And if it does work, we'll double down on that. If it doesn't, we'll put it away and talk about it again. <laughs> and in a nutshell, anyone who's listening to this podcast and they are thinking about revamping their social media strategy or they're not quite happy with how they're going about it, um, what is it that you guys can directly help with? Uh, so we help with um, anything around uh, personal. So, so, well, I mean, social media as a whole. So, strategy, mm-hmm. the first thing. Uh, we help with actually implementing a social media mm-hmm. program as well. So, whether that's a, uh, a leadership program, mm-hmm. so we can actually actively do people's LinkedIn if you want us to. Wow. Manage the whole thing, manage the content. Um, we help uh, sales teams with uh, um, pipeline and using tools to get better data and insights into buyers. Uh, but yeah, as a nutshell, we, we, can, we can basically do anything to do with social media, um, particularly in the B2B space, mm-hmm. um, we can help with. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming and joining me on this podcast, James. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That is all we've got time for today, but make sure you tune in to another episode of the EMG podcast. And remember that if you do like these, to give us a rating, five stars if you can, and leave any feedback that you can. Thank you and speak to you next week. Bye.